0: Good evening, everyone. Praise the Lord.
1: Welcome to christ Center church.
0: All of you are here in front of me and all of you online. We're grateful to have you with us. This morning, I got a call. I guess it was uh, 445, I think. It was a text, actually. Um, I was in the middle of uh, thinking about something. Uh, I do a little bit of reading before we do our morning prayer. I would love to encourage you guys to, that, are, that aren't attending. There's about 18 to 20 of us each morning that gather at 5 a.m. We'd love to have you join us. It's a, it's a blessing when we gather together that early in the morning. Anyway, I was, uh, I was thinking about something, and I'd like to share it with you. Um, this is a leap year. Tomorrow is the leap day. We add one day to, uh, to February every four years. The Hebrew calendar has a leap uh, process as well. It's different than ours. But they have a way to make all the days balance out. And um, this is what I was thinking about. The Lord is so ordered. The Lord has everything just sort of in place. And we have our little ways to make our calendar all match up right. But the Lord has everything just right. And so... Um, our prayer in the morning it, last week was the theme was assurance. And this week it's cornerstone. There's been two fine presentations this week, and that's what kind of gave me, got me thinking about something. Um, Hezekiah asked for an assurance. He was told he was going get his, to get his act together. It's time to go. And he asked for an additional amount of time. And the Lord granted it. But he asked for an assurance. And so the Lord said, I will grant it to you, and I will show you that I'm going to follow through. And so he held time, and he ticked it backwards, and he gave him 10 degrees on the sundial. 10 degrees matches up to 40 minutes on our daily calendar on the sundial. He prayed a uh, a prayer of faith. And the Lord honored that. So Joshua was in the middle of a battle. Um, they weren't able to overcome the Emirates. and uh, that overcoming was starting to happen. They were starting to gain traction, and it was the end of the day. And if the day was to end, when the night fell, they would lose the ground that they had made. And he prayed a prayer of faith. And he, it, like, like, like Ezekiel, it was like a sentence long. And the Lord held the sun. So here's what I was pondering when my text came at 445. Um, the Lord hung the planets. The Lord aligned all these things. So, picture this. If you fill your kitchen sink, put a stopper in your kitchen sink, you fill it to the top. Pull the plug, the water goes down the drain, and it swirls. That is the sun's energy in relationship to us. It's the sun, the energy off the sun creates that swirling, the gravity the centrifugal force that's created to make the water swirl. And if you didn't know, it flows the opposite on the other side of the world. So our water flows this way down the drain. In, in Australia, it flows this way. That's the magnetic forces that are around us. The relationship that we have inside of our planet in relationship to all the other planets in the relationship with the sun all the things that are in the universe form something that's one scientists have calculated that all of the mass that exists in our universe is equal to 6.66 trillion pounds of mass what that means is trillion's a lot of money, right? So, six trillion is 21 more zeros on the other side of a trillion. That's how much mass there is that the Lord had to hold in place. It wasn't this morning. It wasn't recent. I didn't do it after we were done uh, with our prayer this morning. But um, I've read a couple of articles from creationists. I've read a couple of articles from uh, the, the scientists. And the bottom line is, there's a big argument that there wasn't a day that's missing. But I will tell you this, this is, what, this is where I was this morning. I, about 5.30, I couldn't pray anymore because I just needed to finish thinking about it. There is documentation in Chinese history. There's documentation in the um, Aztec history, that's Mexico, in the, um, the Incan uh, history, and that's Peru, um, in Egypt, the Babylonians, the Persians, all have documented that there was a day missing. There was one day that was double the length. But here's what I'm assured about. My Bible tells me it happened, and there's nothing that I've come across so far. That isn't true, and it's that simple. The Lord set things exactly as they're to be. This morning, um, Brother Darrell said that cornerstone is in perfect alignment. I like that word, perfect alignment. That the rest of it is built around it. Yesterday, uh, Sister Nicola said that the cornerstone. Of the the new tabernacle in the new Jerusalem, that cornerstone has all these. She used the word chiefs and Indians, I like that. Where the stones? Where the Indians of the new tabernacle, which is set perfectly? So this evening, would you stand? Let's pray. Anyone have a prayer request? Those of you at home, stand with us. Put your hand in the air if you have a prayer request. Our Lord has assured us of all the things he said. Our Lord has perfectly created all that is. You, me, and all that's around us. And all working together as one. Almighty Father, you are the Lord God Almighty. Almighty. You are, Father God, holiness, and you, Lord God, are truth. We are so grateful, Father God, that you've allowed us, Lord God, the word that you've given us, Lord God, to follow, Lord. That word, Lord God, that is the assurance, Lord God, that we need. You've shown us, Lord God, that you created all that is, Lord. You've declared, Lord God, the promises that you have made, Lord God, and they are certain and they are true. Oh, Father, yesterday, Lord, I read in my Bible that if, Lord God, We say, yea, Lord God, it is yea. And if it is nay, Lord God, it is nay. And, Lord God, that is who you are, Lord. You are the Almighty One, Father God. You are the Holy One. You arm us, Lord God, with your righteousness, Father God. You cover us, Lord God, with your covering, Lord God, with your shield. You place it in our hand, Lord God, and give us, Father, the assurance that you are exactly who you said you are, Lord. You are that cornerstone, Father stand firm Father God and all Lord that's around us Lord God is in perfect alignment Lord God with what you said Lord we know Father God that you are the Holy One Lord God there are hands in the air in here Father that are calling out Lord God for loved ones Father those that are not saved Lord those, Lord God, that need healing, Father. Oh, Father, there are hands, two hands in the air here, Lord God, who have concern for multiple people, Lord. We ask you, Lord God, to answer those prayers, Lord God. We know, Lord God, you give, Lord God, so freely, Father, as far as the east is from the west, Father God. You have told us, Lord God, that it will take place. We are thankful, Father God, that you are the firmness, the absolute, the word that is written, Lord God, is is sealed Lord God it is firm Lord God and it's never changing Lord we are grateful Father for your goodness we are grateful Father for your presence we are grateful Father God for the word that will be delivered here today Lord God we ask you Father to act upon Lord God the man of God that will come before us Father God Oh, Father, anoint his lips of clay, Father God. Allow the words to flow, Father. Let our ears be open, Father, to hear the word that will be shared with us tonight, Lord God. Work through him, Father God, and fill us, Lord. Let our hearts be prepared, Lord God, to receive what you have for us to receive, Lord God. You are the truth, Lord God. You are the Almighty One. You are never changing, Lord God. You are the Almighty and Certain One. We pray these things in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen.
2: Hallelujah. We want his presence to rest in this place tonight. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Sent where can we just lift our hands and just worship the Lord? Hallelujah! We thank you for your Holy Spirit tonight, Lord God. We thank you for your presence that is in this place tonight, Lord God. We love you, Lord. We honor you, Lord God. Hallelujah! Amen. Amen. I got a few names here that I have on my list that I would like us to help us pray tonight if you don't mind. Amen. Uh, I spoke to Brother Kellerman today, continue to keep him in your prayers. Um, his brother, Alva Kellerman, also keep him in your prior. He said he had to um, that chapter left him. Um, you know, keep him in your prayer. Um,
1: Tony Meneza,
2: Um keep continue to keep him in your prior. Brother Henry, I spoke to him today also, continue to keep him in your prayers. Um, and Jennifer Mohaw who's one of my customers, was texting with um, her husband today. And, um, you know, she was having some bleeding in her head. And, you know, she said hey, she's still in the ICU. They're not able to still, you know, find out what is going on, what her prognosis is good. So she's moving in the right direction. So that's a good thing. So we're going to continue to keep in our prayers, we pray tonight. Amen. Um, Sister Josephine, mother, content to keep her um, in our prayers, we pray. Amen. So we're just going to go to the Lord one more time as we pray for these names tonight. Brother and his brother, Tony, um, Jennifer, and Brother Henry. So let's just go to the Lord one more time and pray. Father God, we love you. We thank you for your Holy Spirit in this place tonight, Lord God. We thank you for being so good to us, Lord God, for keeping us. Oh God, for providing for us, for making ways when there seems to be no way, Lord God. We honor you, Lord God. We give you glory. We give you all the praise tonight. You are great. There is none like you. Lord God, there is none to compare, oh God. You are the one that is able to do exceedingly abundantly above that which reacts or think, Lord God. Oh, Father God, as we pray, Lord God, we come to you one more time, Lord God, as we intercede on behalf of all these names tonight, Lord God. Brother Kellyman, I pray and ask you to continue to touch his body, Lord God. Lord God, that you'll give him a complete healing from the crown of his head to the sole of his feet, Lord God. We ask you will to be done, Lord God. We ask you to pray, Lord God, to touch all God, our Kellyman tonight, Lord God. I pray you will touch him likewise, O God. Make what seems impossible to man. We know it's possible to you, Lord God. Touch his body completely tonight, Lord God. Father God, we pray for Brother Henry tonight, Lord God. That you'll continue to touch his body, Lord God. Strengthen him and keep him, Lord God, tonight, Lord God. We pray, Lord God, for Tony Menezer tonight, Lord God. That you'll touch his body likewise, O God. You will heal him, Lord God. We ask your will to be done, not our will, Lord God. And, Father God, as we pray tonight, Lord God, we pray for Jennifer Mahal tonight, Lord God. You also will touch her body, Lord God, that you'll heal her completely, Lord God. We ask your will to be done, Lord God, not our will tonight. Father God, as we give you glory and as we give you all the honor tonight, we thank you in advance for what you're about to do as we continue to worship and praise you tonight. We give you thanks as we say thanks in the name of Jesus we pray. Hallelujah. And can we just give the Lord a round of applause? Let's just thank him for being so good to us. Hallelujah. Let's just thank him for keeping us. Hallelujah. It's truly an honor. Amen. And privilege tonight to stand in front of the congregation. I want to greet you all tonight in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Continue to keep our past in his family in our prayers. That the Lord will continue to strengthen him and keep him in his absence tonight. Amen. That his hands will be upon him continually. Amen, and as we get ready for our study tonight, um, I was going through the book of James uh, this week, and um, I just struggle on chapter 1 of James, and I want to try to see if I can go into like a little semi-study with the book of James tonight, amen, but the intro, I have to go through the preliminary stuff as far as the intro before I get to the book, so Hopefully time will permit us for our study tonight. Amen. But I just want to give you one scripture before you are seated. Uh, In in Mark chapter 12, Mark chapter 12, verse 30, if you have your Bible. Just going to read one verse there. In Mark chapter 12, uh, verse 30 said, And thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thine heart, Everybody is all thine heart, with all thy soul, and with all thy mind, and with all thy strength. This is the first commandment, to love him with all of our hearts, with all of our souls, and with all of our minds, and with all of our strength. Lord, bless you. You may be seated. Again, I want to give thanks to a pastor for for giving me uh, the privilege to stand before the congregation. And indeed, it's an honor for me and uh, something that I don't take lightly, take for granted. I don't. I, you know, I, I treat this pulpit as a sacred place. And um, whenever, in fact, whenever we come through the door you know, we we enter into holy ground, so to speak. And and sometimes, you know, our hearts and our minds are fitting that word is because sometimes our minds are not where it needs to be. And when our minds are not where it's supposed to be, we get so distracted. We get so carried away with, you know, things that sometimes we we just forget about everything we forget where we are sometimes and we have to be mindful we have to be careful and realize that we're in the house of god and we have to show you know much love and respect for the house of god but that's another subject for another time that's not a part of my my here tonight Uh, my topic tonight is uh, uh christianity is much more than a lifestyle Everyone said Christianity is much more than a lifestyle. Um, I'm looking uh, up the, the definition for uh, Christianity, and it's saying Christianity is the Abrahamic, monastic religion based on the life and the teaching of Jesus. It is the world's largest and most widespread religion in roughly 2.4 bil- with 2.4 billion followers comprising around 31.2% uh, of the world population. It's uh, a daringness um, known as Christian, are estimate to make up the majority of the population in 157 countries and territories. But I want to pause there for a minute because I think when this definition was uh, given here, because I know in our UPCI, um, we have churches in almost 210 nations and over 35 territories. So, um, you know, the Bible said the gospel must be preached unto the hand, to the world, and then shall the hand come. This gospel is not going to go down, just go down just like that. It has to go forth, and the message has to go forth. The death, the burial, and the resurrection of Jesus Christ has to go forth. And we we have to be careful when we're not sharing the the love of God with other people that we see on a day-to-day basis. Um, When I came in uh, with a prior request tonight... And I'm, uh, I'm looking and I said um, to myself, there used to be a time when we used to pray a whole lot. And we, we, we get so caught up in, 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 the, in the things of this world, if lack of a better word, that it, it, it's robbing us of, of our precious time where we can spend some more time with the Lord. Because every day we're just in a fast pace going. Everything, you get up in the morning, you just get up hitting the road. You, 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 you get home in the evening, you get so carried away and distracted with, with so many things. So when we do find the time to pray, we just have just a couple seconds here, or possibly a few minutes here, if you please, just to say, God, I thank you. I think it was probably a week or a couple of weeks ago, I was saying to my wife that, um, listen, every, every day we leave out of this house, and when we get back in the, in the house, we gotta be thankful. Because there are a lot of time people goes out, you know, to go to their day-to-day duties, activities, And did not end up making it back home. In fact, I was on my way down to Philadelphia today. And while I have the radio on, they were talking about, you know, a person that was walking across the street where this guy drove by, hit the person. And he stood, he came out of his beaker, looked at the guy, and drove right off. Unfortunately, the guy didn't make it. He died right on the spot. So I'm saying the mindset of people today is not the same anymore where you show love and care for each other. Don't realize that every soul is precious in the sight of God. Whether you are a Christian or not, whether you believe it or not, every soul is precious in the sight of God. Amen. So we have to treat each other as such. Christianity is much more than a lifestyle. Uh, a lifestyle based upon a, a vital relationship with God, he has invited us into his heart. He desire in, in fact in first John chapter first uh, John four verse seven through nine, it said, Beloved, let us love one another, for love is of God.' And everyone that loveth love is born of God and knoweth God. In verse 8 he said, He that loveth n- not knoweth not God, for God is love. In verse 9 he said, And this was manifested, that the love of God toward us, because God sent his only begotten Son into the world, that we may live through him. If God didn't make that provision for Jesus Christ to die, we wouldn't have life today. But he died for us. Why? Because he loved us so much. And when we don't extend our hands to love others in spite of the way they treat us, you know, you're wondering, are we living in the same world? Things are just not the same way it used to be. We are to allow Jesus Christ to be the vine of our lives. And we are to be the branches. And that's in John 15 verse uh, 5. And it said, Abide in me and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit of itself. Except it abide in the vine. No more can he accept he abide in me. In verse 5 it said, I am the vine and ye are the branches. He that abideth in me and I in him, the same bringeth forth much fruit. For without him, without me, he can do nothing. If a man abide not in me, he is cast forth as a branch and is wither. I don't know if sometimes if you take a plant, And if you don't water that plant for a few weeks or a few days rather, you notice it start to fall off the, 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 it, 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 the saber, it start to collapse. Thank you, brother Tom. Lack of a better way to describe it. But it start to deform, it's deformed, so to speak. So when, 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 when we're not connected to God, you know what's going to happen? We're going to start to deform. In a spiritual way, because if we're not connected to our source that provides us breath, that provides us life, what's going to happen to us? We are His people, the Bible said. The sheep of His pastor. He said we should enter into His gate with thanksgiving and into His courts with praise. Uh, Christ asks that we... Not only receive him, but that we walk in him and be rooted and built up in him. When something is properly rooted in the ground, it's not that easy for you to break it down. Because when you dig the hole deep enough and pack the drivers, the stone, whatever around it, to keep it in its firm foundation, so to speak, There is nothing that will uproot it. But when we as Christians don't know the words of God, when we don't study the word of God, when we don't pray, when we don't fast, we are like the wind when it just blows, it just tosses us back and forth because we're not fully rooted and grounded in the Lord. Why would I choose to not be rooted and grounded in the Lord if He's my Savior and my Keeper? Our our relationship with him is one of great intimacy and is utterly dependent. We are asked to no longer live for ourselves, but rather for him. We are to be in Christ and he is to be in us. And that's in found in Second Corinthians 5, verse 14 through 17. But verse 17 said, Any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. All things are passed away. And behold, all things are become new. But through him we can do nothing. He called us to do. In Philippians 4 verse 13 he said, I can do all things through Christ which strengthens me. Love is at the very center of this relationship. If I'm in love, I want to make sure that is the center of who I'm in love with. If I love my wife, I'm not gonna try to go to someone else to love that other person because she's not my wife, it's another female so to speak. You can still have friends where you can show your love and your cares and your compassion towards that person. But that person shouldn't get the same love that you provide for the one that you engage or you're married or is gonna be the one that you decide for death or for better or for worse. When you make that covenant, for better or for worse, regardless of what's going on, if I'm limping, I'm hoping she's going to be with me still. (laughs) If If I can hardly move, I'm hoping she's there by my side. Because it said, for better or for worse. Because we're in this thing together. The same thing applies to me. If she's limping and say, honey, I need a drink of water, am I going to be standing just staring at her? I'm gonna give her a, a, a glass of water because she asked for it. She can't help herself. Uh, so my my, you know, man would say, "Yeah, you gotta help her. She's your wife. She's your me. So help her." Hey, Amen. What goes around, you know, you, you got you got to You can't you can't treat. You know, you want to treat others as you would like to be treated. Amen. Um. Um. It is God's love for us which caused Christ to live and die and raise from the dead. He was and is love personified. In Romans uh, 5 verse 8 it said, Nothing in all of creation can separate us from the love of Christ. In fact, we can find that in Romans chapter 8 from verse 35 through 39. Where Christ is, there is no love. Is very characteristic is love. And that's in 1 John chapter 4 verse 8 where it says, Jesus said, This is by this that ye love one another. This love must not be only be expressed in in words or in talk, but it must be expressed through action, indeed, and in truth. Therefore, love is not an opinion or an option for the Christianity. Love is at the very center of his or her lifestyle. And so are the other qualities. Of the fruit of the Spirit. The Bible let us know in Galatians chapter 5 uh, from uh, verse 22 to, to uh, verse 23. Where, where it said uh, a part of the, the Christian lifestyle including uh, the joy. It, it, it including peace. It including long suffering. It including uh, 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 kindness. Um, goodness. Um, Faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. And we as Christians, you know, these are some of the attributes that we should be, you know, demonstrate one to another. We should have joy. Why? Because the joy of the Lord is my strength. We should have peace. Why? Because he is our peacemaker. The Bible first said, For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given. The government shall be upon his shoulders. His name shall be called Wonderful, Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, and the Prince of Peace. He helped us to move from place or merely processing intellectual belief in Christ to the joy of knowing Him personally and following Him daily. We, we live and we should be living a daily life with the Lord, walking with Him, talking with Him. Let Him be our direction. When the Psalm of David says, yea, do I walk through the valley? Let Him direct your path. Because when you walk and have Jesus Christ to cover you, you're going to walk through the shadow of death and you're not going to fear no evil. Why? Because thou art is with me. He said, thy rod and thy staff, they will comfort me. Too often the church has merely told people that they should live for God or that they must do what is right. James moved beyond mere uh, mobilizing to teach us how to follow Jesus Christ as the Lord of our lives. His teaching is both practical and workable. His style is slow and tell he tell us and show us how to do it. James is concerned with the matter. James con- is concerned with the matter of faith, for him, faith is not merely something which is believing. Faith is something that we do. It must be lived in active obedience. The focus of is direct. Teaching regarding faith is found in the second chapter of this letter. However, the emphasis is found throughout the book, uh, the beginning with the first chapter, which is focuses upon how to live with faith and trial. James thought in chapter one of his uh, book, he said, greetings, chapter one, verse one in James. He said, as we've seen in our industries, study James identifying himself not as a brother of Jesus Christ, nor as a leader of the church, but rather as a servant of God and a servant of Jesus Christ. I believe that his identification is more than mere literal literal style, his writing with a true Christian prospect of leadership. I think it was a couple of weeks ago, um, oh, probably a month ago approximately, I, I was asked, um, another church in our district asked me if I could talk to their men. And, um, and they, they, they had a theme on um, uh, what they wanted me to, to speak about. And um, so I think it was about 12 to 15 brothers were in the room, and they wanted me to speak about entrepreneurship, you know, um, business, how to have a godly business in this ungodly world that we're living in. And uh, you know, there, there's so much direction that I can go into that tonight. And uh, you know, it, it's difficult when you're a small business and you're operating in a in in an area where. Um, I said majority of your customers or the people that you come in, in contact with are not the same mind as your mindset is, so to speak. And you, you try to do everything in your power to make sure you satisfy the customer. And you know, at times it's gonna be very hard to please every customer. You do your best, your utmost best make sure every customers are happy. And make sure you can do your best to make sure you resolve the issue if there is an issue. Because obviously, if you resolve the issue, well, your service may be needed. It may not be needed anymore, depending on the nature of the business that you're in. So, you know, while I was talking to the brother, uh, the brother's brother, um, uh, I was talking and, you know, things were just, you know, things were just flowing. I mean, it was just flowing. I, I was... I was talking I think for probably over an hour and a half almost. And I'm like, ooh, this was supposed to be probably for like thirty or forty five minutes. But there's so much information that as you as we help each other and probably one of these days I probably will have um you know a session here where we can talk about it. Um, Brother D, that's something that we can put on our agenda and then probably talk about it or we can help our, you know, prospective business owners and um, those who would like to be in business or to be a good business person in this godly, ungodly world that we're living. Because you're living in this world and you encounter so much. You, know, you have to follow the laws. You have to make sure you have insurance and all the other things that goes with it. But you know, as we you know, be you know, godly men and godly women, we have to make sure our life is one that is exemplary, so to speak. The, and this is why the Bible said we should let our light so shine before men. Because if a customer treats you wrong, you cannot go back to that person and have a grudge with that person because you're a Christian. So, you know, if I do a service for you and you choose not to pay me, I'm not going to come fight you. I'm not going to come drape you up or, you know, put you on the floor and say hey, you got to pay me up or else, you know. That's not a Christian attitude you should be portraying. Well, you know, you pray for it, you forgive them, you know, and let God do what he has to do. God will open up doors and make ways for you in so many ways. But let me continue. James understand, uh, who he is and who the people of God are within the Christian family. His style is one of love and humility. Other leaders of the early church used similar greetings in their epistles such as Paul in Philippians 1 verse 1 and in uh, uh, 2 Peter 1 verse 1. James understood that his highest calling and therefore his most accurate identification of his position was that of a servant. How many of us want to be called a servant? We don't think if we are identified by our name or called by our name, we're not going to respond to that person. Or if somebody look at me and say, hey, you a servant. Hey, so what? I'm a servant in the army of the Lord. Amen. I, listen, I, you know, the, the, the things that I, uh, some of the things that I like most about God is, you see, when, when you are faithful to God and when you do things with a genuine heart and a genuine mindset, you know, God will make sure you are blessed and you'll be taken care of. And it may, it may not happen the way we need it to happen. It may not come when we want it to come. It's all in His timing. God knows what's best for us. The only thing that we can do, because he's our father, is our provider. We have to go to him and say, God, you, you know, you already know what we're going through. But again, we have to probably remind him and say, God... This is just not right. You know what I'm going through. And God, you have to make a way. All right. You know, what are you going to say? All Else what? It can either take you out of this world. He's the one that created us. So when things happen to us, we have to make sure we go to God in a humble way, respectful way. You know. You know, we, we don't go too braggadocious acting like we have it all together when we need his help. If I need brother is his help, I'm not going to come and say, bro, I need your help. But, you know, um, you know you, you're going to have to help me, bro, because, you know, we're brothers and you're going to have to help me. I'm not going to approach it that way. Brother Is it going to look me a and say, who do you think you're talking to? <laughs> you know, so, so when, when we don't treat each other with love and care about each other, It's hard for us to sell our product to the next person. Because when we walk this walk, others' eyes are watching us. And we have to be careful of the things that we do. We have to be careful of the things that we say. Because when we say things, we don't want to offend our brothers or our sisters. Because we have to make sure Christ is portraying or projecting through us. And if Christ is living in us, we're not supposed to treat each other as if. We are nobody or we don't, you're nothing. No, God didn't treat us that way. So we have no right to treat others that way. Amen. Uh, James understood that his eyes calling, I think I went over the accurate identification, was uh, of a servant. Peter understood, Peter present. That teaching in the powerful manner as he addressed his, his fellow elders concerning the Christian style uh, of leadership. First Peter five one to four he, uh, he expanded the basic teaching of Jesus Christ regarding vital matter. Of a servant and leader, and that's, you can find it in Matthew, um, 20 verse 20 to 28. Sorry if you don't, can't repeat it. You can listen to the tape again. Amen. We don't have like VCR, VHS that we can play back and repeat it. You know, and so, things has changed so much, you know. But Jesus thought clearly that, uh, the leaders of his kingdom did not lord over our Don't dominate others. Instead, the one who is greatest in the kingdom of God is the one who is the servant of all. Matthew 20 verse 26. This is the understanding and the conviction of James. He seeks to be the best servant of God's people whenever they, whatever they may be. So, you know, as a servant of God, you want to make sure you be the best servant you can be amen pastor always talk you know when he was a wait, you know waiter you know he, he always loved to serve you know so that was his passion so when he do it he do it with everything you know you know the menu by the you know like the back of his hand so you know someone come up and ask you know what's the favorite today what's on the agenda today or the menu you know it was easy because when you're passionate about something it's easier for you to Pass the information on to the person that asked the question. Amen. Our introduction study has shown us that James uh, is writing is to a scattered church, often referred to, um, uh, where am I? Those Christians who are disappeared de- uh, throughout the Roman world as a result of severe persecution. His reference to the twelve tribe appears to be a symbolic description of the scattered people of the new covenant, as opposed to the 12 tribes of Israel of the first covenant. These 12 tribes are the 12 covenant people of the church of Jesus Christ. The simple word translated as greetings from James is the Greek word um, "charin," which is, uh, was used often in the letter of that day, although Paul and other New Testament writers did not use it. The Jerusalem Church used it in the letter of the Gentiles, believe in Antioch in Syria and to Sicily, C- Sicilia, and you can find that in Acts fifteen verse twenty-three. In summary, James writes as A humble servant of Christ. His church uh, and his church to the fellow fellow believers who are scattered throughout the Roman world by persecution. For this faith, these are people who have a deep faith in Jesus Christ. James writes to give them particular counsel regarding how they can follow Christ as the Lord of their lives even more effectively. Um, James 1, 2 to 4 said, ought to profit from trial. Normal people do not enjoy trial. In fact, most of us do everything possible to avoid trial of life. Most of these Christians at a severe trial, even to the point of losing their own, their jobs, and their security within the community. They had to flee, literally, for their life to a strange place. Many of them faced mere inconvenience, but the very survival of them, of life itself. They were separated from family members and friends, not only geographically, but also spiritually. So when we're not connected, we're going to be separated. When we're not in Christ, the verse of scripture I read early in Second uh, Corinthians that said, any man being Christ is a new creature. Because when you're in Christ, if you're not fully connected when you're in Christ, you're going to be separated from something, from someone. And this is why as Christians, as we continue to walk this walk, we have to make sure we walk and ask the Lord to lead us. Where you lead us, we will follow. Where you send us, we'll go. I'm not going to go somewhere where I know, this is not where the Lord want me to be. I'm not going to do something if the Lord doesn't speak on me and says, Brother Scarlet, this is what I need you to do. So you have to make sure when you do things in life, you hear directly from God himself. If God don't speak to you, don't do it. If God said jump, you ask him, oh, I should I jump? You know, if he said walk, ask him, how fast should you walk? God is speaking to you. And when you hear the voice of God, you're going to have to make sure you submit to God. Because the more we submit to Him, the more He's going to know that we are obedience to His Word. If we don't submit to Him, then of course, it's not going to depend on us. Because why? We don't follow instruction. We don't, we're not obedience, And we're not doing what we're supposed to be doing. So, you know, as Christians, as we walk our life, we have to make sure our lifestyle is one that is an example. Our lifestyle is one that, you know, as we grow up, you know, I always say I want to be like so-and-so. So-and-so, just, you know, just the right role model. So-and-so just do things just right. And if that person do things just right, I want to be so-and-so. One day, I may be like him. I may be able to do things just right. You know, at a time, it may take me some time for me to get there. But, you know, we have to make sure we stay connected with the Lord. Amen. They they were separated from family members and from geographical area. They were all members of a newly family. The body of Christ, in the world they were aliens and foreigners and strangers, but they had become fellow citizens with the saints and members of the whole soul of God. In this verse, James teaches us three practical principles. auto perfect uh, profit from trial. Um, I'm going to go through these three principles and then I'll be getting ready to uh, wrap up. The first one, um, uh, the first one is consider it pu- pure joy whenever you face trial. Trial are um, seldom met with joy. However, James not only instructs us to face trial with joy, but with pure joy. In the Greek text, the word translated as pure is the word pass, which is a primary word meaning all. Every and all are thoroughly. James is telling us not to fake it. We're living in a world where people just fake it to make it. They do things where they think this is the norm. You know, if you fake it, things will be better. But that's not the way with the Lord. You do the things the right way because God is directing you to do the right things. We should have a joy which is neither contrary nor force or something impossible um, religion obligation. To the contrary, we should have pure Unadulterated, all encompassing to joy. It should be. The real thing, baby. When we have this, man, we want to make sure it's the real thing, baby. You know, we're not going to go out there and sell something that's going to be looking crappy. You know, we're going to come with the real thing. We're going to come and say, Jesus Christ is the reason. Jesus Christ is the one that died for us. Jesus is the one that is coming back for us. And for all that knows him for himself, you know and you're connected to the one and only Savior, which is Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. The second word we should explore uh, should be the word for trial from the Greek um, pyramos. The root of the word means to uh, astray, uh, assess, to examine, or to put the proof. A good biblical and theological definition may be an external advers- ad- adv- ad- uh, adversary which provide a testing towards an end. For example this is the word used to describe the exciting adventure of a young bird testing its wing I don't know if you've ever seen a young bird. Back in the days when I used to be in the woods, you see birds come and they're trying to fly. They're trying to test their wings to see how far they can go. But when you have those new birds, you know, uh, jumping off of a branch, uh, uh, you know, you're trying that they may go, you know, a few inches here. They don't have the ability to go long distance yet. They're short distance. So they may fly here or they may go back to where the nest is. But when, when, you, when you fully equip and uh, you, you're walking with the Lord. You know, it will take you places. If it's time for you to, to fly, it will make you to be, you know, to fly. You know, so, you know, young birds try to test the wings, you know, to make sure they can fly. It is the word often translated as temptation. As the prior James, uh, Jesus taught his disciple in Matthew 6, uh, verse uh, 13. The writer of Hebrew used the word to describe um, trial as temptation faced by the children of Israel. And that's in Hebrews chapter 3 verse 8. One of the greatest promises regarding such trial or temptation is found in 1 Corinthians where Paul writes, No temptation trial has overtaken you except as common to men. But God is faithful, who will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you are able to. But with t- temptation, will also make the way of escape that you may able to bear it. And that's in First Corinthians ten, verse thirteen. It is with this kind of joy, hope, and optimism that we should face the trial of life. I was reading a book, The Unflawed Leader, and um, it said, um, Paul said that a successful walk with God boils down to three things. One, faith, hope, and love. Faith qualifies and hope energizes. But God mobilizes. Leading in the kingdom of God does not work without inspiration and root of love. There can be vision, action, and result. But if love is not the motivation, the product will not be fully formed in the image of Christ. Jesus Christ is the goal of all ministries, all discipleship. And if he is our leader, we should serve him and let him know how much we appreciate him. Everybody say amen. amen. Everybody say amen. 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 I hope I said some things to you, to all of us here tonight that help us to able to continue to walk and live the lifestyle that the Lord wants us to live. As our topic uh, said tonight, uh, Christianity is much more than a lifestyle we're going to invite you to stand with us tonight as we continue to worship and pray to the lord asking for direction and as we're praying tonight brother tom if you don't mind get the basket we can continue to give to our building fund as we dismiss if you have anything you can just put in the building fund let's just pray to the lord father god we thank you one more time for your words tonight lord god we give you glory we give you all the honor lord god we ask you, Lord God, that you'll help us to live a lifestyle that is pleasing unto you, Lord God. Help us, Lord God, not to live the life we want to live, oh God. But, Lord God, we'll live the life that you want us to live, Lord God. Help us to continue to live and grow and continue to be ready. That when the trumpet sung, we'll be ready to make it, Lord God. We ask you to dismiss us from this place, but never from your presence, Lord God. We ask you will to be done. Your kingdom come. I pray in action to protect us as we travel in the highways and the byways. Bring us to our home and aboard. And bring us back here safely when the doors are open back. We say thanks for all these blessings. In the mighty name of Jesus, we pray. Lord bless you all. We thank you. Amen. For coming out tonight. Good to see you, Brother Paul. Amen. God bless everyone that is there. Amen. You're dismissing Jesus.